Hello everyone, welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. I am your host, David Thackeray. I'm a hospitality professional with two decades of experience in the bar and restaurant industry. My pursuit in this podcast is to have difficult conversations of our industry and of society as a whole. So that's it. It's the last day of the year. The last day of 2020. I think for a lot of people, it couldn't happen fast enough. The year started off with a lot of promise and then it just came crashing down. <clears throat> but I think that just like any other thing in life where something that you had high expectations for comes crashing down, there's always opportunity in that, in resetting yourself. Now, obviously I'm talking about the sort of mental game that you have to play with yourself in order to get past, you know, tough times. I know that this year was beyond that because it wasn't just tough times. It was losing loved ones. And so the year coming to an end, it's, it's, it's more of a ritual than anything else because we still are in the middle of a pandemic. That hasn't been resolved. And in addition to that, it was also an election year. And so we had to go through that. And unlike any election year that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime, <clears throat> this has been another shit show. This has been a power grab unlike anything that this country has ever seen. So there's that. But what I want to talk about right now is monopolies. And no, I'm not talking about the game Monopoly. I'm talking about the notion of what a mon monopoly is, as in a business venture. Most of, most of the time when we think about monopolies, we think about very large businesses, right? Think about the, the Microsoft or Amazon or, you know, um, um, you know, bef way before that, the Rockefellers or, um, you know, large entities. <clears throat> but a mon monopoly doesn't have to be a large, a, a large corporation or a large entity. It just has to be one that has a significant or an undue influence in the business uh, dealings of a particular industry, even within a particular uh, region. I mean, because depending on how laws are, um, you know, you might not be able to, businesses may not be allowed to, to operate outside their state or outside their counties, things like that. And as terrible as that is within business, having to deal with a, um, a business entity that is dense, that doesn't really want to listen to the, the winds of change 
and have a set way of doing things that is convenient to them and that doesn't serve the market very well. That is very frustrating. But what I'm talking about is the idea of someone in the Senate that is able to pretty much put a hold into all the work that any other uh, Congress may, member may, may have put. And in this case, given what has happened with the stimulus checks for the American people, I'm talking about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell comes from a district in Kentucky, 92% white, with a median household income of $62,000 a year, 62 and some change. The medium household in the United States, I think is about 52. So it's about, or, or 56, still above, right? Now, the thing about the medium household income in the United States, it, that is also includes the top 1%. Now they have the, the uh, you know, half, of the wealth of this nation is within 1% of the uh, population. So that's really not an accurate number, even the 52,000. But when you think about a, a small district, political district, right? <clears throat> um, you're talking about even a, a smaller number. So when you think about 62,000 within a district, then you're talking about people that is a middle income um, um, neighborhood. An, an area of town. So for instance, here in, in, in Houston, Texas, it might be, you know, the Heights. If you're from Houston, you know, the Heights, it's, uh, it's like suburbia brought into the city. Um, there are people that like their, everything squared away. And, and, and I'm not even going to get into what the demographic is. My point being is, is it's an area that's insulated by wealth, you know, by being well off. So now you have this guy. And so what happens is that the Senate Republicans being the majority, they choose a leader and the leader they've chosen is Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is insulated from getting voted out of Congress due to the fact that he serves that particular district. And if that, is all that he was doing then so be it the problem is is that he's serving that district and he's serving the his donors and, and his lobbyists in a way that is actually hurting a lot the majority of the nation so he has a monopoly in what congress can and cannot do because even if the house of Res representative puts a bunch of work into making, creating a bill that is actually going to satisfy the, the interests of your everyday working class American, whether they're Republican or Democrat. Once it gets to the Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell can decide, I'm not going to put it up for vote. So it, it dies. It, it just sits there until the, the time lapses and, and the bill is dead. You know, even then, he's the one that decides what he's going to put in front of the president, what bills 
uh, the, the he's going to take to the president to sign or veto. And so he has this monopoly on what can and cannot get done in Congress. And yet he is from a small district in a state that is not even truly influential within the economics of or economics of, of the nation. I mean, if you're talking about California or Texas or Florida or New York, well, I mean, there's a lot more going on there. I mean, these are global economies, actually. I mean, Texas and, and, and California are. And then in New York, you have, you know, the, uh, you have the, the stock market and you have the United Nations uh, headquarters there. So, you know, and, and that's just a few things. There's a lot that happens in New York City. And for Florida, um, it's just, it's a, it's a big, it's a significant port. But Florida, not as much as the other three. But he's from Kentucky. And here he is holding up anything that is beneficial to everyday working class people just because it doesn't serve the people that have um, bankrolled him into office. And we're, we're talking here a, a, a tiny, tiny fraction of a population of the nation that elects this guy for him to be able to do this shit. Because it's different whenever you're talking about the president. I mean, the, the president usually has to get about half the votes close at least in order to win right because it's the electoral college so you can get 49% and the other can get 51% but if you get enough electoral votes then you win even with just 49% of the votes but you're still talking about 49% of the of the of the people who vote that that uh that have you there so that's a lot more people but when it's you know maybe a few hundred thousand at most and not even um then that's that becomes a major major issue that we are now being held hostage by a, an individual from uh, um, a place that is uh, doesn't have the diversity of what the nation represents or is i should say and this is the way that we're ending to 2020. now 2020 even i mean there's been a lot that's happened, right? Uh, you should watch the Death to 2020 uh, um, mockumentary on Netflix because it'll remind you of some of the shit that happened this year you probably already forgot because it's been one thing after the other, especially during the, the campaign. Um, who would have thought that, you know, we would have a suicide bomber here? I mean, it wasn't totally surprising for most people, for many people after the type of election cycle that we just had it wasn't surprising given that there's been allegations of of election fraud and no evidence that they the 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 supporters of the president have created a bubble that you can't penetrate because it's based on the same idea as as a the higher power right you know the, the god idea whether you believe in God or not, or higher power or not, not the point. 
But if you were to take that notion and apply it to a human and say, well, I know it exists and I choose to believe in it, even though there is no evidence of it. Well, it's a big difference whenever it's your spiritual for your spiritual health versus for your uh, political beliefs. Right. Those are two entirely different things. And so they have, if you go onto their Twitter sphere or any of these blogs or whatnot, uh, you'll notice that they talk about how judges haven't even wanted to listen to the evidence. However, if you do, because some of these you can find them online, if you do read the transcript of the court cases that have been posted on, on online, um, you'll see where the judge is having this this conversation back and forth with the lawyers, Giuliani being one of them, but with the lawyers saying, like, where is your evidence? Oh, is this a voter fraud case? No, this is not a voter fraud. This is about these other things, right? And it's like, okay, so where's the evidence? Well, we don't have the evidence. We just have this person that says that this, they, they, someone told them that they saw somebody. And that's it. And that is the evidence that they want to take, go to court with and win. But I don't think this is about winning. I think they understand what they're doing. These, these, these are lawyers that have long careers, right? They just are taking it to court and doing the dog and pony show. So that way they can sell the idea that they're being done wrong by the deep state and the system and all these other things. And what is really insulting, I think, to people of color is the fact that throughout the last 30, 40, 50, 100 years, right, where people of color have been done wrong by uh, law enforcement, by uh, um, realtors, by, um, you know, landlords, uh, by uh, all of these institutions that we're forced to deal with on a daily basis by employers, um, and people just call you crazy. No, that's not really happening. You're just paranoid. You think that someone has got it out for you, but it's not real, right? And now that the evidence is coming out that all of that was real, the people who were calling us crazy are now saying without evidence that they're being done wrong because they're not getting their way. While the whole time they just kept accusing people of color of entitlement, wanting entitlements. You just want more for nothing. And so um, it's a really fucked up time uh, in, in history. But I think that what has happened is these things occur uh, every generation, every pretty much every lifetime. Um, because think of, of how people were during the Great Depression when the stock market crashes and you think it's always recovered. Right. And time starts to pass uh, you know a few weeks a few months um you know six months a year two years three years four years five years and and shit hasn't recovered and so it becomes a, a new reality and especially i mean back then everything ran sn uh, slower so people's reality were were adept um to change right I think that things happen so fast now that, that it's the opposite. People's reality are not adept to that type of steep change. 
and this is going to take a long time. So 2020, you can fuck off. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that 2021 is going to be necessarily better just because it's new, right? We're just, we're still dealing with the pandemic. We're still going to deal with the Republican party as is actually not as is. I think that's changing, but for the foreseeable future until the January, the 20, 20th, we're still going to be dealing with uh, Trump and his antics and, uh, and we're still going to be dealing with uh, Mitch McConnell for, for a few years. We're also going to be dealing with the, uh, the Trump supporters. Has won, and Biden will never be president of the United States. We have been called here by warriors from the God Most High, and we, just like the ancient Israelites, were here yesterday with the hashtag Jericho March to pray and bring down the power of heaven because it is our praise and our prayer to God that releases his power that will break every stronghold, every demonic power that has taken over our country and especially D.C. And the, 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 the power was palpable yesterday. We felt those strongholds broken, torn down, destroyed, and the, the change is happening right now. And I was there to experience it. And the, the worship of so many people, so many, um, I guess, famous, you know, prophets and speakers and conservatives were here yesterday. And we all came together as one because we are. That is permanent. That is not going anywhere. And the thing about it is. Um, the GOP, the, the Republicans as is, they're actually sabotaging and self-destructing so that way the new generation of GOP can come through. And those are your extremists, your, your uh, QAnon believers, your, your, uh, the evolution of the Tea Party, essentially. And that is something that we're going to have to deal with. So in some ways, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but in other ways... This is just life. It's just that things have been so good for such such a long time that we forgot that shit can be shit. Because this is a shock along the lines of 9-11. The 2008 financial crisis just really just threw everyone for a loop. But the government, you know, uh, moved quickly to to... To put a band-aid on that, essentially, is what it ended up being. and uh, But we didn't suffer as much, right? 9-11 was different because your entire paradigm of what you thought the world was and how you behaved and what was acceptable for government to, to do and not do and what was acceptable for you as an individual to do and not do um, completely changed permanently. And this is what this is. Now, in three to five years, we're going to be able to look back and say, like, shit, you know, these things stuck and these other things didn't. And um, we're just now getting out of it. But for now, for the next few years, at least 2021, this is how things are going to be. I'd rather tell you now than for you to uh, have your hopes up and, uh, and things aren't going to magically change. And I say that in this way. Fuck what 2020 was and fuck what 2021 thinks it's going to be. It's what you do with it. So your mindset has to be strong. It has to be beyond of the things that happen. It's about the things you're willing to do 
to keep yourself healthy and, uh, and protect yourself and protect your family. Those are the things that matter. Whenever they talk about haves and have-nots and the 99% versus the 1%, we don't see it that way. The Republicans say, this is what Mitch Daniels said after the State of the Union, we don't see haves and have-nots, we see haves and soon-to-haves. <laughs> Soon, like before or after Newt's Moon Colony is up. Is that, again, I gauge everything by that. No. You know what, John Steinbeck, a great Californian from this area, said it. He said it all those years ago. He was right. He said, there will never be socialism in America because poor people don't see themselves as poor. They see themselves as temporarily inconvenienced millionaires. <laughs> I know, it's so true. It's a, that's Joe the plumber. It's just so pathetic the way that our, that's what our culture makes them think. You know, our turn is coming. You know, it's like you're dog sitting in the car going, tomorrow he'll let me drive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, who was protesting health care? The most unhealthy looking people in the world. These bucket listers protesting health care in between hits on their oxygen tank, sitting on their rascal scooters. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, um, I'm ending the open bar experience. So this podcast is going to reach 100 episodes and that's going to be um, the end of it. Um, because there are other things that I want to do in creating a, a new podcast and also possibly a YouTube channel. The thing is, is um, I thought I was going to end it uh, today. I was going to reach 100 episodes today. But in reality, things have been in such flux that I still have some things to say within the confines or the context of this podcast, given the evolution of it, because it really started off as just a, a, a platform for me to have conversations with other industry professionals about uh, how it is that they go about to do their programs and, and you know, teaching or having education as to uh, different products and different uh, techniques, different tools, you know, things like that in general. But as the pandemic started, and, and especially after I opened, uh, I had the partnership over at um, Bravery Chef Hall, um, I realized that Unfortunately, given how shitty the business, this industry can be sometimes, the, the, the podcast, this particular format and, and that objective uh, conflicted because sometimes you do have to talk about negative things, right? I mean, it's, it's like, you know, just imagine that, right? Just imagine that every shitty thing you do, people praise um, I mean, what kind of person are you going to become? And so I think that the industry does that a lot. Um, people expect uh, to be praised over everything they do and just like every mistake they make, um, it's a learning opportunity. Well, let me give you some, some news. Uh, some people make the same mistakes over and over again because they don't give a shit. 
and so it's not a mistake it's just their the modus the way that they do things and um and so once i realized that then i knew that certain things had to to change then this year starts COVID hits and um and and i realized that again you know here we are as an industry getting screwed over getting shut down and uh, no one wants to say anything towards politicians and not just that people did start talking but you know it, like something drastic had to happen like COVID. but it, it was also a thing that there was in a there was no backbone in this industry for everyone to have a conversation about what are we going to do because of these insurance companies that are not paying loss of income right what is the point a pain insurance year after year when they're not going to pay when they're supposed to, right? When there's a claim. But there was no real structure for the bar owners and the restaurant owners to go to Congress and advocate for themselves. All they have is the National Restaurant Association and, the, and, and that, that particular organization is only good to get certain numbers right industry-wide you know big numbers then that's what they're good for but frankly they're big organization that are um have the interests of you know the the big companies traded large traded comp companies uh in interest they do not represent small businesses they just don't and so given all that i started to talk more about politics and in doing that, I realized that I actually need a podcast that is uh, um, not about the industry. The industry is going to be something that I will talk about, but this is, but it's not going to be like, oh, this is, I'm representing the bar and restaurant industry. I'm representing the bar and restaurant industry at all times, given my experience in it over two decades. So if I have something to say about it, then I have more likely I have experience with it. So that said, the next two episodes, episode 99 and 100, um, are going to happen in January. And the, the next episode is going to happen in, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. And then the final, final episode is going to happen after January the 20th. Because... I feel like there needs to be some closure within this conversation that I've been having about politics in this podcast. There has to be some closure. And the inauguration is what I've decided is going to be the, the closure. Um, after that, I can start off the new one uh, based on, 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 on that. But uh, so that's, that's the update as far as what's happening with these uh with this particular podcast all right y'all all in all i want to say a happy new year to you and it is eight o'clock on central time here december the 31st uh fireworks have already started off around here of uh, houston texas and um, things are getting a little festive. So I'm going to go and have myself a couple of uh, Negronis or Boulevardiers. Enjoy myself 
Um, I look forward to the next year and I think that things are going to be great because we are going to make things great. So that said, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other and keep the conversation going.